Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. Um, I say it's a good evening, but it's just a formality because it's really not. It's really not. Um, we're having a special episode and not a special episode that we wanted to have because of some things that the NCAA uh, came out with today. It's official. It's all over. The process is done, but uh, it stings. It's not. We didn't get off easy. Um, it could have been a lot worse, but we didn't get off easy. We're going to, me and Gavin are here. We're going to break down everything that's going on really quickly, let you know what happened, what the response from the NCAA will be, how it all came about, who's affected, and how it affects the future. So, just to get started, um, well, we knew something was going to be going on, right, Gavin? We, uh, yeah, we, uh, it's just, it's, I would say that it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And a lot of people are saying we got hit very hard, but I really think we got off, you know, pretty, pretty easily. Um, I'm an optimist. I thought it wasn't going to be this bad. I thought it was going to be just players. I thought it was an NCAA thing. I thought it was just players involved and they were going to miss, not stuff afterwards. So that's the, that's the surprising part for me. Um, and that actually, the fact that the NCAA got involved isn't a surprise to most people, but it's a surprise that they have um, officially closed the book on this today. As opposed, this is usually the thing that takes a long time. The fact that it happened today is a good thing, though. It's all out in the open. The first point I'd like to make is that there will not be any other any. There's no investigation necessary. Everything was self-reported. There's not going to be any kind of. Uh, shoe dropping of sorts later on that's going to result in more penalties or whatever um now with that since we reached this deal with the NCAA ourselves it's kind of like a plea bargain in court if you plead guilty you don't get to appeal and we're not going to get to appeal any of these and the uh the sanctions that were given handed down today will not be changing for better or for worse um just getting started into what happened the first thing i like to say about what happened is that we did not get a bowl band a bowl band yeah. there will not be any postseason ban in any, in any sport, um, not in basketball or football, which are the two sports involved, and that's good. That that's that is better than what Missouri got, and their situation was different. Um, Missouri had a university full time university employee who was pressured by the athletic uh, by the athletic department to make sure that students pass their classes so they could be eligible to compete on the field, and she and that uh, employee completed coursework for those athletes and change grades for those athletes to make them eligible to play, and it resulted in them being banned from the postseason. Missouri did not cooperate with that investigation, number one. Number two, um, things involved with university employees are much worse than things than what than our situation if it's a, a full-time employee. Number three, theirs was a lot more widespread than ours. So that being said, we're going to get into what happened with ours. On February 16th, we found out that Nick Weatherspoon was going to be suspended for an indefinite period from basketball competition. Is that, is that right, Gavin? Any, yeah. any, any differences there? Okay. After that, we thought he might be back for the NCAA tournament. He missed a, a couple res- regular season games in the SEC tournament. He was not back for the NCAA tournament. We only had one game in the tournament, regrettably. We went home. In the offseason, Ben Hallen has had a couple uh, press conferences. He says Nick Weatherspoon is the point guard. He is not sure if he can play game one, but he does. He has no doubt in his mind the way he was talking that he would be playing. Also in the spring, we start to hear that this might have to do with football. 
And then today, everything's rumor up until then, until today, and then it all comes down. All comes out. Uh, the clothes are on the line. Um, so what happened in the whole situation is a tutor, I'm going to refer to her as she and her, and we have no idea who she is. The only reason I even know it's a girl is because the NCAA used female pronouns when they made the report. A tutor reached out to student athletes, maybe other students as well. We don't know. It doesn't matter. And offered in exchange for compensation, financial compensation, not a lot of money. You know, this is college student money. This is not, you know, big time uh, Cam Newton money. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, for for exchange for compensation, she logged in using their net ID. So every Mississippi State student has their own unique login and their own password that they create themselves. Um, she used that information, which was given to her by the student athletes, to go into their online courses and complete coursework. And that's what happened. Now, she completed coursework for Nick Weatherspoon. The only reason we know that it's Nick instead of his name's not a secret is because he's already been suspended for some games and for 10 unnamed football players. Her, her by herself made the selfish decision to try and earn a little bit of extra money and jeopardize our athletic department by cheating for these student-athletes. These student-athletes made the lazy decision and the soft, took the soft way out by allowing her to do so. And not all of them did. There's 10 football players that uh, were involved in this there and the one basketball player there were a lot more athletes that could have done the same thing for every athlete that you choose to be angry at for the bad decision they made be proud of the good decision of all the ones that said i'm telling you guys have had this chance uh bestowed upon them and and didn't take it they knew what 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 kind of trouble they would get in and they said that's not me that's above me so um that's why we're being punished now, I'm going to let Gavin – Gavin, you tell us all the punishments that we're getting, and if I need to um, – if I feel like jumping in and interrupting you like I do so often anyway, I will. Okay. So, um, the punishment – the biggest punishment is that all of the uh, football players who are involved are going to miss eight games. But the good news about that is that Joe Moorhead and the coaching staff, along with the players who are involved, are going to be allowed to pick the four games that these guys are going to play, which – right. Which we can uh, we'll discuss later what games we think they're going to play. Yeah, but I did see Brett Hudson say something about this on Twitter earlier that kind of uh, got me interested because you know it's ten mysterious players. There's rumors going around, but nobody knows for sure who exactly it is. So let's say linebacking core got hit really hard. It'll be interesting to see if Joe is going to spread out those and have guy certain guys playing certain games and then the other guys not. So it's just going to be interesting to see how that falls. But on top of that, we have a fine of $5,000 plus 1% to each of the football and men's basketball budgets, um, a reduction of two football scholarships during the 2021 and 2022 academic years, and one men's basketball scholarship uh, during the 2021 year. Along with that, we also have a reduction of four football official visits from the program's four-year average of 40 visits during the 2019-2020 academic year, um, a reduction of two men's official basketball visits, a prohibition of football unofficial visits during one home game contest for the 2020, 2021, and 2022 academic years, 
um, a prohibition of men's basketball and official visits during two home contests for the 2019, 2020, 2020, and 2021 academic years. And then on top of that, we have a reduction of evaluation days by two in the fall and 10 in the spring. Um, a reduction of men's basketball recruiting days by six in the spring of 2020. Uh, we have three years of proba- probation and a vacation of records in which student athletes competed while ineligible. The university must provide a written report containing the contest impacted to the NCAA media coordination and statistics staff within 45 days of the public decision release. All in. All right. You wanna, um, we got to. We got a little I mean, bit just more. The the three after that are not. Yeah, nothing too serious. Just everything just after the, that, they have to take a course. The students involved have to take a class. Have to go to a, a meeting and talk about what's going on. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, the tutor can't work for the school without a show cause, but she's a she's a part time tutor. She's hurt. That's not her whole career, so that's not a problem. Um, so like Gavin just said, just rehash some of those official visits have been limited. Unofficial visits cannot be taken during one home game apiece for the next three years for football and two basketball games apiece for the next two years in basketball. We do not know, and there's nothing has been said, if Mississippi State picks those games or if the, um, the NCAA picks those games. Shouldn't be a huge deal either way on that, but we don't know for sure. We also don't know on the days reduced of, for um, evaluation periods and recruiting days if we just have to pick some days to stay home or if they pick some days to stay home. And that, again, if, if we can pick those days, those, those penalties mean very little. If we can't, they can mean a little bit. Reduction of scholarships, um, to lose four total scholarships for football and a scholarship for basketball, those are ba- very big. Vacated wins is a really big deal to me. We all know who won those games. But um, I, I personally, I don't think – I think that was a little bit extreme because it doesn't help it doesn't help anything, and it just makes, makes, makes it all just look a little bit more messier than it is. I mean, vacating wins, everybody knows who won those games. We don't get any benefits after a year later from those wins. If I think vacating wins is, should be reserved for more extreme penalties or penalties where it is clearly demonstrated that – this is just my opinion – clearly demonstrated that the team probably could have – you could demonstrate that team had, would have had a lot of trouble winning those games had these violations not occurred. Yeah, And that's not the case that. for us. Ten of these guys didn't uh, – or out of these ten, eight did not play last year um, is the rumor. Most yeah. of these are three and four deep guys and freshmen and redshirt freshmen. And so um, not all of them. And that's we'll like, get into some more things I've about that. I've seen some other fan bases, particularly Alabama. There's this one page who's in Wave who was talking to me about it, and he was making fun of Mississippi State saying, oh, wow, Mississippi State was cheating just to get average players. And it's not – that – that is just so wrong in that's like, not so what, many different oh ways. Oh, my gosh. Is, we did nothing wait, wrong did to ben, a, Did Bentley say that? Yeah, it was Bentley. Oh, my gosh. Bentley, yeah. Bentley needs to be fired. Yeah, not know. for this. Bentley, there's other things. <laughs> Bentley, is a, Bentley needs to be fired, guys. Bentley was supposed Hashtag to do a podcast with us. But, uh, yeah. The Go. reason we're not doing a national podcast for everybody to listen to is because Bentley and several other guys – couldn't get their crap together and me and gavin were the only ones that were actually going to go through with it yep so here we are so we decided to make our own podcast that's why so i guess i could thank bentley for this podcast existing yeah i probably would have done it anyway go go hit up bama wave and let them know thank you and then report him yeah (laughs) anyway 
you know, these penalties, these are, these are 11 student athletes making a bad decision and one tutor making a really bad decision. That's what happened. We do not have any kind of, you know, severe, you know, un, up, upheaval and unrest in the organization. There's not a culture of corruption. And I'm going to be completely honest, and I don't like to point fingers and de- deflect blame. But if somebody comes at you and saying we're just as we're, this is just like what happened to Ole Miss, I, I, there's there, you could write a book, and there have been books written about what Ole Miss did. Literally, 400 page not 400 page memoirs have been written about what Ole Miss did. This is a newspaper article versus this is like a newspaper article versus a novel. Okay, I'm not trying, and 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 I'm not going to go there except that I know all of y'all's friends are going to go there. That's the only reason I'm even pointing this out. There was an entire culture of corruption and lack of oversight at the University of Mississippi from about 2012-ish until Hugh Freeze was, uh, was let go. All right? That's all I'm going to say about that. Like Gavin said, we have 10 players that get to pick what games. Um, what really helped Mississippi State and what I would like to touch on is that we self-reported all of these. We went to the NCAA so what, give the timeline on how these got caught. The Office of the Provost found out. The, the Provost is on the academic side of things at the university. The Provost is the second highest official after President Mark Keenum. Provost is now David Shaw. It used to be Judy Bonner. I have a, prov- I have a scholarship named after the Provost, and Provost is very important. The Office of the Provost found out what happened, reported to the Office of the President, who then contacts the Office of Compliance, Office of Compliance, despite popular belief, is not just an NC, uh, uh, athletic department lackey that keep, makes sure everybody's obeying. They involve all the university, and they do not answer to Director Cohen or anybody else. Office of Compliance contacts academic departments in the uh, Department of Athletics to figure out what happened and what needs to be done when, and how to report this to the NCAA or what actions to take, and then they decide we're going to report this to NCAA, and they did. Because of the integrity and the foresight of everybody involved, that's Director Cohen, that's President Keenum, that's Coach Moorhead, that's Coach Hallen, that's everybody, um, and, and all the leadership in your university, this was prevented from being a lot worse and was called as quickly and handled as efficiently as possible. Um, the, the fact that the NCAA has already f- f- finalized this ruling is incredible. Um, we, we weren't even sure what – they kept this all very hushed. Usually by the time the NCAA has ruled, we all know what's going on. And it's yeah. just it, – just, we're just debating the tidbits of exactly what the precise punishment might be. This was – this almost came out of nowhere. Insiders really knew that something was going to happen, but they didn't know what. Um, we knew that players would be suspended. Another thing, we keep using the term suspension. These players are not actually suspended. They have been ruled ineligible for 70% of their seasons. Um, that's eight games for these 10 football players. It's going to end up being about 10 games for Nick because they're going to count the games that Nick missed last year as part of 70% of his season. So he missed yeah. several games last year. He missed a bunch. He's going to miss some games this year, but it won't be uh, – it'll be about 10, give or take 11 or 9. The schedule has not been finalized, so we aren't sure. All right. So that all being said, these players are not, quote, unquote, suspended. They have been ruled ineligible. The games that they participated in, in which, after which they committed these infractions, so they um, they competed while they were ineligible. So what I mean by that is, if you are not completing your own coursework and you are a student athlete, and you're and somebody else is doing your schoolwork for you, 
you are not honoring your commitment as a student athlete and are violating that contract, therefore, um, you are not eligible to compete. Because we competed with ineligible athletes, those athletes are being made ineligible. What, what does the difference mean if you're suspended or if you're ineligible? Not much, except that now don't think that, the, oh, these guys can just take a redshirt year. That won't happen. That's not the point. They have, been, they have lost eight games of eligibility. They have not been suspended eight games. Had they been suspended eight games, they could just not play except for the four minimum games and then be back. That's not the case with these, with these guys. So that's, that's just a little bit of terminology there for y'all to make sure that you understand exactly what happened. Um, we knew that this might happen. They moved Joe Moorhead's press conference from Saturday to Thursday. And that's when you thought that maybe you're going to find out about the suspensions today, which we realized were not really suspensions. They're going to be this eligibility thing and that the whole NCAA was going to rule today, which was a bit of a surprise. But you thought something might happen today when they moved the press conference. They didn't want Joe Moorhead to be bombarded with a million questions tomorrow um, because this is not his fault and not his problem. This is his problem, but it is not. Neither Joe Moorhead nor Ben Hallen is at fault for what has happened. Now, as coaches, they are ultimately responsible for any infractions that happen under their programs or in their programs, but this is not some terrible culture thing that they, that they have brought in um, and that their lack of it's – not, it's not their fault. That's what I'm trying to say. And don't, don't just go crucifying Ben Hallen and acting like this didn't happen when Coach Rick Stanberry were here and this didn't happen when Sylvester Croom and Dan Mullen was here because stuff like this does happen. And these are – a decision that one tutor and 11 athletes made by themselves. Okay. The tutors don't report to the coaches. They don't, these, they make these decisions on their own. And so do these athletes, the athletes. And I've, I've yeah. also had people saying like, Oh, well, Joe Moorhead got screwed because he's having to do with Dan Mullen's mess. And no, Dan Mullen didn't have anything to do with this. Either. This wasn't Dan Mullen's mess either. This is not, this is not recruiting violations. Okay, that's that recruiting violations are completely different and and worse and hurts you a lot worse than does. In fact, if it were up to me, if I was NCAA, I wouldn't let recruiting high school players. I wouldn't let infractions that don't involve recruitment affect recruiting. I would I would maybe put harsher punishments elsewhere within the programs and within the uh, the academic departments instead of the recruiting. Now there's less what there's less there, it's more fair to. It's harder to punish without effective recruiting. That's the easiest thing to hit. So that's yeah. why they're doing that. But we have not – the coaches haven't done anything is what I'm trying to say. They're ultimately responsible for everything on their watch, but this is not something – in fact, the tutoring could have happened before Coach Moorhead got here. I don't think – I'm pretty sure it didn't, but there's a chance I don't think it, it did. did. I don't – it probably didn't. Um, but either way, the coaches don't matter. They weren't involved, so. Yeah. For the players involved, we aren't sure. We're not. We we have a few names. We're not going to give y'all these names because mm-hmm. we're not sure. They are not going to release these names. They will not be known until you start noticing that they're not on the field. Okay, that's how we'll find out. We'll all See, find out. I think we'll find. I do think we'll find out before then, but it's not going to be a public announcement. It's going to come from somebody like Steve Robertson or Matt Wyatt or it, something it, like that. It won't come from one of. They won't say it. I, I know Steve won't. Matt Wyatt might. Two four seven sports won't say it, but if they find out, if 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 you find out, it's because of a leak. It will not be, it will not be. It is illegal for Mississippi State University to reveal these names for privacy issues. Not just NCAA illegal, like U.S. law illegal. And whoever reveals that to a reporter is liable to get 
a legal punishment. Now, if they're if they know that they're not going to get found out, they'll do it. But um, now, either way, it doesn't matter when if we find out because in a week the players that aren't active that should be or that's who's going to be. They're, most of these players aren't going to play against Lafayette. Yeah. And another thing, that's nothing we need to talk about. What games are going to miss yeah. too? One more step though. I've heard from what I've heard. Of course, this is just rumor again, but. It'll only be one or two for sure starters who will be affected. They're, they're, yes. It's not going to be a lot of people. So, We're not going to have ten so starters reason, miss eight games. So the reason I said that Steve wouldn't say is because Steve pretty much he, – he claims to know. Steve Robertson claims that he knows eight of the ten for sure. And he's acting like it's only two starting slash – two guys that would crack the two deep or better, which means it's ten, eight guys that would play on special teams or play at the end of games. You know, mop up time. That's what that's what we're saying. Red shirt freshman, that kind of thing. Where you're gonna see, feel this on the field? You're gonna feel this when you if a starter gets hurt on a kickoff. If a starter gets hurt on a kickoff or on a punt return or something like that that normally wouldn't have been out there because these of these suspended players, that's when this is gonna really hurt. Okay. Um, it's not going to sink our season. It's not going to especially with since he gets picked the games. In fact, you know, you can say let's – and if and if I'm Coach Moorhead, the four non-conference games, everybody's sitting. Mm-hmm. Depending on what Alabama looks like, if they're if they're not looking vulnerable when they come in here, if they're uh, 9-0 and or however many games they play when they come in here, I'm sitting everybody. Yep. I'm just going to be honest. I hate, I hate to be that guy. but You don't want to roll over, but at the same time, you want to have your best guys for games that are winnable. You don't. I mean, and now, if, and now, the la- and I say that the last time Alabama came in here, we should have won, and I would, I would expect all hands on deck if that was the case again. Um, not gonna, you know, and it, what he's not gonna do is just say at the beginning of the season. What he's not gonna do is say right now, not playing in this game, this game, this game, this game. You know, let, I'm just gonna give some examples. Let's say two of our defensive tackles are out. It's a long, it's a long season. Um, we're thin at defensive tackle. Let's just say, for example, Auburn has a great inside run game, okay? Those, two, those defensive tackles are going to be eligible for that game. That might be one of their four games. Let's say that LSU, even though they're really good, they don't have a good inside run game. They run – they pass – let's say they're throwing the ball everywhere, running the spread. Um, yeah. Not a lot of pass rush coming from inside against anybody. You know, we're not – those defensive tackles might not play that game. I'm just giving examples of such scenarios. And, again, let's say two linebackers are affected. One linebacker might play four games that the other linebacker doesn't play in. He'll play four games that the first guy was not, was not eligible for, and then there'll be four games that they both miss. See how that works? And the we're good gonna thing – We're going to spread these around, guys. The guys who are dealing with this, like, are nothing short of geniuses when it comes to football and just in general. Bob Shoup and Joe Moorhead are two guys who are going to know when to, where to spread these penalties out. And the best way to get your bang for your buck and get the right guys on the field at the right time. Yeah. And, guys, there's 100 scholarship players plus a number of walk-ons, and 10 of them have to miss eight games. This is not – like I said, we're not sinking our season. We're not giving up on the season. This is fine. We don't even need um, to redo our predictions because it shouldn't change too much. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not changing my predictions. I'm not. I – from what I'm hearing, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a linebacker missing. I don't think it'll be Errol Thompson, but that's all I can. That's all I can say. <laughs> I hope it's not. There's no defensive tackles involved. Like I just for the example I gave earlier, I know. I tell you what, I do know. It's not Keaton Thompson, which doesn't matter now. Um, it's not Colin Hill. It's not Cam Dantzler. 
And it's not Stephen Gidget, Isaiah Zuber, and Tommy Stevens. All right. So we don't have to worry about. It's not Javante Payton. It's not Javante Payton. He, he's a transfer. He's not Devon, not any of these junior college transfers that we love. Um, it's not Chauncey Rivers. It's there's a few. There's a couple big time guys that'll be affected that your names you recognize. A couple, uh, eight more guys that your names you might recognize, but they're not going to jump out on the stat sheet even if they were playing every game. This hurts their development a lot. That's a big key. These younger guys are going to lose a lot of that time for them to grow as a player. But it's not going to derail this season. It is on them. They made a mistake, and it was wrong. Um, One more thing we need to talk – or there's three more things we need to talk about, but one of those is that Keaton Thompson entered the transfer portal this afternoon. Yeah, like literally Um, an hour before we recorded this. So, he is gone. We wish him the best of luck. I was actually slightly surprised. I know a lot of people weren't. I just thought, you know, he had the chance to – still start next year and still be the heir apparent next year. But it is what it isn't. So Jalen made have a question Garrett for you, Schrader will have a great quarterback battle next year. What's that, Gavin? So do you see Keaton landing at a big name program or do you see him going to like Texas State or something? Man, like? I hope he does. Quarterbacks that transfer so here's the one thing to be excited about Thomas Stevens. I was thinking about this fifteen minutes ago in the shower. Quarterbacks that transfer from Power 5 schools to Power 5 schools are usually pretty freaking good, okay? Yeah. To name a few, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, those names ring, do those names ring a bell? Have you heard of them? Yeah, just barely. Maybe. Um, Cam Newton, have you heard of him? Yeah. Does he ring a bell? Um, yeah, so these court, uh, some more. I, we can go all day. Justin Fields, you heard <laughs> of him? Jalen Hurts, Tate Jacob Martin, Easley. No, wait, never mind. <laughs> dang you didn't have to stay i went i was not i was i should have been expecting that one but i was not. <laughs> um we can go down let's gunner the guy that's backing up at ohio state was a big time transfer um oh another one that transferred from a non-power five to a power five okay everybody's favorite player played for washington state last year do you know maybe uh, know who i'm talking about gardner Minshew, baby <laughs> he's a cool dude if you've ever met him but uh he's from brandon mississippi I don't know how we Jake didn't get him. Jake best friend. That's right. Okay, guys, if you can transfer to a Power 5 program in the SEC, no less, and win the starting job, you've got to be talented. Okay, you've got to be a pretty good quarterback. Joe Burrow is another example. If we, if, I'll tell you what, if we get a Joe Burrow out of this, I'll be pretty satisfied. Okay? Yeah. That's, that, that's probably the worst example that I've named. Right, right there. I'm gonna be honest. Like that's that's probably the least talented example that we've named. Yeah, I do not have a problem with Thomas even starting. Um, Gavin, Gavin thinks he knows where KT is going to go, and I think he's got a couple good points. Share with the crowd. Yeah. So these are just probable landing spots. I'm not saying that this is where Keaton's going, but I would keep these in mind as KT, you know, explores his options throughout the year. But one very likely place for Keaton to end up is LSU just because you know Joe Burrow I wouldn't say he's the most impressive quarterback in the world like like uh Colton was just saying and plus he's, he's only got a year Orleans, left so yeah he's got a year left I feel like that's a, that'd be a good fit for Keaton also just being close to home for him um you know just that'd be I would not not be surprised to see Keaton end up in LSU but another place that Keaton could end up and this would probably make a few of you mad. Colton said he wouldn't mind it too much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Keaton sits back 
this year and just, you know, sees how Emory Jones does down in Florida, even if, you know, even if he just has a decent time down in Florida. I wouldn't be surprised if Keaton went down there and followed Dan Mullen. So, because mm-hmm. Felipe Franks just, will probably be going after this year. Yeah, and um, then he just he would scout. He'd basically scout Emory Jones and see if he thinks he could take him down. He could find out from inside the program too. Like he's, you know, you don't become yeah. a SEC quarterback without a little bit of connections. Yeah, that's or true. without making a few connections. Um, we wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. I hope he transfers somewhere that doesn't play us. I do hope he goes to a big a Power 5 program and doesn't have to go to, you know, Prairie View or something like that. I think he uh, could go to the Big 12 and destroy everybody. So I think he could I think he could wreck, wreck, do good. And there's plenty of uh, – He could know, go to Georgia, Oklahoma. Georgia Tech is looking for a quarterback that's not running the option and um, that's not running the triple option anymore. And I think a big fish that's a little bit of low-hanging fruit if you're trying to pick, pick people off from the transfer portal that are down in the luck a little bit could be Keaton Thompson. Yeah. Um, because you know it's going to be they're going to have a lot easier time trying to woo somebody that's trying to get out get in there take the job and do do his uh get to the NFL than they are a four or five star quarterback that's got their pick of any college in the country. Yeah, I saw somebody say Georgia, and that would freak me out. That'd be weird. I wouldn't. Yeah. No, they like they like Coach uh, Kirby Smart likes his uh his gunslingers down there. I wouldn't call KT a yeah. gunslinger. Justin yeah. Fields had a cannon. And uh, Jake Fromm is accurate as a passer as there is. Yeah. Um, things that I don't think I'm going to close with, you know, this all happened, guys. And I've I recorded this once and said all this earlier, and I've screwed it up. So I'm going to make it better this time. This all happened because, A, 11 guys made a poor decision that was a, a little bit uh, lazy. And that's – all of us can be caught being lazy at some point. That's not an excuse for what these guys did. But it was the easy way out, and that was wrong. But the root of this situation is one person, one tutor. One tutor that made the selfish decision to make a little bit extra money and didn't consider the consequences that may arise from her decision. I am a part-time student worker serving as a tutor at Mississippi State University which is exactly what this girl was. I work I – might, I might work tutor for two departments and tutor a little bit more than this, but as of right now, I tutor three hours a week during the school year, nine hours a week during the summer. A girl that probably tutored less than 10, less than 10 hours a week, definitely, but probably only four or five hours a week is the reason that all of this happened because here's, here's a plot twist for everybody. If she doesn't work for the university, if she's not a part-time student worker – no violations. The students that involved might need to take it up with their teachers, and they might get an XF in a class. No violations as far as eligibility is, is concerned. No probation, no bans, no scholarship reductions, no nothing if it's just a guy's girlfriend that doesn't work for the school. or But because she's a part-time student worker, those measly hours that she served as an employee of the university changes this whole dynamic, Okay. The warning that I would give to you, to you all is unlike this woman, this young woman who made a poor decision that is not going to be the end of her life, and it shouldn't be, not going to be you know, the worst thing that ever happened to her, hopefully, okay? Or excuse me, hopefully it is the, it's not going to be the worst thing that ever happened to her. I hope it is the worst thing that ever happens to her. I don't wish bad on anybody, okay? But this is not going to be the worst thing that ever happened to her or these athletes, 
okay? But the decision that she made had consequences. We all need to do a better job thinking of the consequences of our decisions and how they affect other people. One person has called, caused a fan base of over 300,000 people to hurt today. And that's being a little bit generous. Let's say that if there's two million, there's two and a half million people in Mississippi, let's say 20% of them, if I'm being generous, don't root for Ole Miss or Mississippi State, and the other two halves do, right? That right there is right at 800,000. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a lot of folks. We need Not some more followers. State, guys. Not, I, all of y'all should follow Mississippi State Wave and Hell State Wave on Instagram. That's a lot of people that she affected. I'm, and I'm going to you know, cut it off at about less than 500,000. But she definitely affected at least that many people. Okay? She affected a whole athletic department. Because she wanted to make she probably less, wanted to make some extra money. Probably like $1,000 in total. I, I don't know. I know, people, I know people that do these kind of things for 20 bucks. Yeah. Okay? It's not a huge deal. These athletes, they, don't have, they obviously don't have jobs when they're student athletes, they don't have a ton of money to blow. Um, especially these wretched or anything, hardly. Especially these Mississippi uh, State athletes. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say, guys, is this young woman didn't – and these athletes also, they're not on the hook either, but I'm, I just want to focus on how one person can affect a whole bunch of people. The little things that you do when you think nobody's looking can affect people that you don't even know. It can affect the people that you love and the people that are counted on by dozens and dozens and hundreds of other people like these athletes are. They're counted on by – she, it was their fault too, but she allowed them to let down their teammates, to let down their coaches, to let down their fans, to let down their administrators, their president of their university, and their athletic director and their teachers that teach them in these classes. She let down all of those people too. She let down her own family fans of Mississippi State, her own teachers, and all the, again, all this is because of one decision that this girl made. We, the things that we do in the dark often come to light and always come to light eventually, okay? There is nothing that you do that involves other people that will not be found out, and I know this from experience. <laughs> if, if you, if you, the things that you do by yourself are the only things that maybe don't get found out. And even though if it's anything digital or if it's anything where you have to do something to something else that other people interact with, it'll probably get found out too. There is, we have to consider the consequences of our actions and remember who we might be hurting whenever we act in any kind of way. So remember that. Remember even though nobody's watching that how important it is to still do the right thing and be thankful that not everybody's watching every little thing you do. Um, anything, got anything to add, Gavin? Nope. All right. We're done. This is supposed to be a short show and it's probably still one of our shortest, but this should have only been 20 minutes. Yeah. We saw <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I, I it's extremely important. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Um, as always, best of Good luck to all of you, whatever you're doing, whatever's going on. Hope it goes well. Whatever you're doing, as always, praise the Lord and hail, hail state. state. Praise the Lord and go dogs and hail state. Hail state, everybody. All right. Day. <laughs>